0: Today, we're discussing page 47 of The Revenge of Kang. Last time, we wrapped up with the young Peter Parker, ensuring that he would one day become Spider-Man at the cost of his once-in-a-lifetime chance to date Jenny Carson, but it was for the good of humanity. Great power, great responsibility, etc., etc. We saved Spider-Man, we beat Kang, and we won Letterman Jackets. That's a wrap on Ford's Furies and Spider-Man. On today's page, which contains portions of Chapter 24, entitled The Man Without Fear, and Chapter 25, entitled Down Through the Alley, a different team of heroes, the Secret Zoomers, are on a mission to save Matt Murdock, who will one day be known as Daredevil, from another of Kang's schemes. Uh, They're traveling back in time to do this. What time exactly and what What the fuck is going on is all very unclear. It's uh, a confusing, untenable chronology. This is not my doing. Not this time. I am not causing this problem. With my persnicketiness, this this is a problem. And to my further credit, according to me, I'm here to fix things. I'm here to I'm here to improve the situation. Let me first explain what's going on, and then we'll talk about why that can't be what's going on. First of all, when the secret zoomers are headed back to save Daredevil from Kang, here's the box text about what they find in Kang's computers. Quote Daredevil is better known to the public as the blind lawyer Matt Murdoch. Throughout his early years, Murdoch, the son of a small-time prize fighter, spent a lot of time in Hogan's gym located in Hell's Kitchen, a neighborhood of New York City. There, he honed his combat skills and developed the fearlessness that would one day serve him as a crime fighter. While in college, Murdoch saw a truck about to run over a blind man. Hurdling himself in front of the truck, Murdoch managed to prevent the old man from being struck, As the truck swerved to avoid the man, a canister of radioactive materials it was carrying fell onto the ground and burst open, striking Murdoch blind, but imbuing him with extrahuman senses and abilities. So that's the information the Secret Zoomers have from Kang. When the Secret Zoomers actually materialize in Hell's Kitchen, we get the following, quote, You have materialized in the storage room of a tailor shop. There are half-finished suits, bundles of cloth, and sewing mannequins scattered around the room. The only exit leads out into the front of the store. Oddly enough, the tailor shop seems rather quiet. Almost too quiet. Uh, But then, like two paragraphs later, if you make a typical intensity intuition feat roll, you see a sign that says closed on vacation until next week. So, with that, the case of the quiet tailor shop is closed. Good work, everyone. Uh, The tailor shop is across the street from Hogan's Gym. There's a big sign. We can tell right away that's where we're supposed to go. And so we head over. And just as in the high school cafeteria uh, that Ford's Furies went into while they were posing as teenagers, our actual teenage heroes, the secret Zoomers, are confronted with three types of people, all kind of clustered together by kind. There are the weightlifters who say, quote, Murdoch, yeah, I heard the name, but I can't place the face. You might want to ask some of the fighters. I don't know why they sound like they're from California. They're definitely from New York, uh, but I only do so many voices. I, I don't know shades of New York, so large men from New York get to sound like they're from California. But anyway, that's all the weightlifters do. Another group you can talk to, uh, would be the boxers, and they say, Murdoch, huh? Who wants to know? It turns out that a lot of these boxers are friends with Matt Murdoch's dad, battling Jack Murdoch, who is the aforementioned small-time prize fighter. To their credit, they're not keen to give a lot of strangers information about their friend's kid. So if we want them to give us anything else, then we need to either make a quote, remarkable intensity reason feat roll or an appropriate bribe, typical intensity resource feat. So, Let me just ratchet back the credit to these boxers. Here come some strangers asking about a friend's child, and they're like, I don't know, who wants to know? And we can either play an elaborate game of social and intellectual chess with them with a remarkable intensity of reason feat to get them to divulge information they didn't intend to divulge, or if we give them like five bucks, then they'll spill everything we know about this actual child. You can see why there are a lot of hitmen in Marvel's Hell's Kitchen. This is like a great work environment. If you need to kill somebody, even a kid, help is on the way. You just start waving around, not even your, not even your big bills. Here come a bunch of 'er ne'er-do-wells to tell you everything you need to know. So, but if we don't happen to have five bucks on us, or if our five bucks happens to be from the future and would blow our cover, as is the case with the secret zoomers, not that any of them use cash for anything, but if they did, it would be from 2021 or 2022. Uh, we could instead go talk to the martial artists, the third and final group in the gym. Quote, there is nothing the PCs can say to get their attention. The students are currently attempting to break a stack of three bricks, a feat which none of them can accomplish. If one of the heroes steps forward and breaks the bricks, remarkable intensity, fighting, or strength feat, the martial artists will suddenly sit up and take notice, answering all of the PCs' questions with the same information they could have learned from the boxers. Uh, I don't know if the martial artists also know Battle and Jack Murdoch. And that's why they're hesitant to reveal information about his child, except to people with high-level brick-breaking skills, I guess. Or if it's just that these people don't give a fuck what happens to this kid, but they're just too focused on these bricks. Like they can't concentrate on child endangerment until these bricks are broken. So you got to you got to break this impasse for them. In the case of the secret Zoomers, it's going to be Moltencore who solves this problem for sure. Moltencore is a skilled enough martial artist to break these bricks. And if that doesn't work, uh, if the martial artists aren't impressed, then Moltencore can go play the elaborate intellectual game of cat and mouse with the boxers, since Moltencore is extremely intelligent and also doesn't look like the kind of person who's going to go hurt a kid uh, because they look like Urkel. I mean, but in a not in a judgmental way, just factually. Moltencore looks like Urkel. Jesus Christ. If anyone listens to this podcast who is the age of the Secret Zoomers, they have no idea who the fuck Urkel is. I am an old man. But you know who's not an old man? Matt Murdock. Per the previous page, it says, quote, Judging by the chronometer reading inside the time capsule and the dates included in the Daredevil entry in Kang's sphere, the heroes have materialized several years before the accident which gave Matt Murdock his powers. So this Matt Murdock is still uh, impressionable and young, which is why once Molten Core has convinced those martial artists to reveal his whereabouts, they say, quote, Matt just left here a few minutes ago, heading to Pearlman's drugstore. If you hurry, you can catch him. Go easy on the kid, though. He's had a terrible day. Some young new fighter kicked his butt this morning. Matt took it hard. He was talking like he was never going to step into a ring again. So now the shape of Kang's plot comes into focus. Kang must have arranged for Matt Murdock to take such a beating in this gym that he may end his training and consequently never become Daredevil. What are we going to do about this? Obviously chase Matt Murdock down and stand before him in like an intimidating group of four strangers and demand information about his problem so we can fix it. Player character style. That's how we do things. To chase Matt, we need to know where he's going. To chase Matt, we need to know where this drugstore is. And if we ask around, anybody will tell us, quote, yeah, go two buildings down and cut through the alley and you can't miss it. Be careful, though. This is a tough neighborhood. And it is a tough neighborhood. Quote, as you step into the alley, you get a firsthand glimpse of the sort of conditions it takes to produce someone like Daredevil. There's no doubt about it. This is Hell's Kitchen, the toughest neighborhood in New York City. Through the maze of trash cans and refuse, you can barely make out the silhouette of a high school youth. Kicking his way down through the alley toward the drugstore. Something tells you that the boy must be young Matt Murdock. It goes on to say that just before we can strike up a conversation with Matt, a bunch of thugs jump out from behind some of those trash cans in the the maze of trash cans. Battle ensues, and we'll talk about that next time. What has probably just flown past you is, quote, you can barely make out the silhouette of a high school youth kicking his way down the alley. This is the dumbest thing on this page. In combination with all the other contextual material, this is the one piece of text that I'm just going to have to argue with. I'm just going to have to contradict. Because here's the thing. If you are at all familiar with Daredevil's origin and his background and everything, none of what we're talking about here works. Timeline-wise, this makes no sense. Kang's data file on Daredevil here has Matt Murdock losing his sight in an accident while he's in college. There might be a source or two in comic books that will try to portray it as though it was like early college days or like he had just been accepted to college when he was blinded. But generally speaking, like going all the way back to Daredevil 1, going all the way forward to like storylines with Electra and everything, going to his training with Stick, uh, his martial arts mentor, all that stuff really argues against, like it it doesn't fit. The The history we have for Daredevil does not fit if Matt is already in college and then has this accident and gets blinded, and gets powers. If you read Daredevil number one, which I encourage you to do because the art is so, so bad. I I know you're not supposed to speak ill of like the classic comic book artists, but Daredevil 1 looks goofy. It doesn't just look dated. It looks very goofy. I dare you to go find the dramatic panel of the young Matt Murdock, freshly blinded by radioactive chemicals, learning the limits of his new physical prowess in his little black glasses, holding a cane. And he's got like, he's all muscular, but he's still got his dorky haircut. Never has the plight of a newly blind child been so hilarious. You, I'll, I'll put this on Patreon. You should see at least this one panel. But anyway, you, you can't look at that and think clearly. He's, he's studying pre-law, and now we're seeing him in, in like an off moment, some of his free time, where he's decided to strip down to his black undies and dork around this gym for a while. There's, it does not work. Timeline-wise, the portrayal of the character visually. It does not work. And this isn't just Daredevil 1, but it's like down through his stories, which I, I did run down a lot of in preparation for this episode. If you're going to try for the no prize, you got to come correct. And I'm, I'm going for the no prize today. I'm going to solve this problem. So the stuff in Kang's data file I consider to be simply wrong. Matt did not have his accident become blind in college. That happened earlier. Now, you'll remember that according to the chronometer reading in the timeship, the secret zoomers have arrived here several years before the accident that blinds Matt. So if the date of Matt's accident is wrong, and Matt was really blinded sometime in high school for sure, I think it's unclear exactly when. I encourage you to look up the miniseries Battle and Jack Murdoch, which is, let me warn you, a bloody tale told mostly in flashback about a horrible father and the things he does to his child. But the important part of it for our purposes here is that it shows the context of What was happening in Matt's life when he pushed the guy out of the way of the truck and got hit by the chemicals, he had just like kind of run away from home sort of because of his father's reaction when Matt like ran in all excited because he'd been tangling with another kid who called his dad a bad guy. And if you think about that scene narratively, like what age are you when you run home and go, dad, 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 guess what happened today? And the visual portrayal of Matt in that story, he looks like he could be 10 when he had the accident. But even if we're generous and we assume that Matt is in like late high school when he's blinded, several years before that, he, he's not going to be older than 12, I think, based on all the comics evidence. However, it also says in these couple of chapters that Matt spends a lot of his time in Hogan's gym. If you know Daredevil's backstory, you know that the reason he chose the superhero named Daredevil is because that is the taunt that children would use to taunt him when he was a child because his father didn't allow him to engage in risky physical activities. We see him symbolically throwing aside his baseball bat after his dad tells him, you can't grow up to be a knucklehead like me. You have to be a doctor or a lawyer or something. We see that in Daredevil number one. We see young Matt throw aside physical pursuits in favor of his studies. So it doesn't really make any sense for 12 or 13 or certainly older Matt Murdoch to be spending all his time at a boxing gym. We know that he started training in secret at a certain point, but the text specifically says that these boxers are friends of Battle and Jack Murdoch. So none of this makes sense. It contradicts the key elements of Daredevil's backstory at every turn. Just to try to fix it, given that Matt can't be any older than about 12 here to make all the pieces of his backstory fit together, it actually works a lot better if he's younger than that, because we do see repeatedly that Matt spends a lot of time at the gym when he's younger. And his dad is working out at the gym. I can even see Matt occasionally kind of playing around in the ring. I, I think we know that he did at least a little bit of that before the events we see in Daredevil 1, where his dad is like, you gotta knock it off with the sports and everything. And, you know, you're eight now. It's time to focus on your burgeoning law career. So my suggested solution is we're not going to deny anything that's on the page as fact directly stated by the author to the judge. We have to accept the text as it is. But the material in Kang's databanks is not necessarily true, so we can forget the part about how Matt was blinded in college. The only other thing to establish his age on the page is in the box text where it says you see the silhouette of a high school youth. Are we sure? Are we sure that is specifically the silhouette of a child who attends high school? We know from the evidence of Daredevil number one that at a certain point, young Matt Murdoch becomes weirdly buff for his age. Is, is that it? Do we think we're seeing a high school child, but what we're actually seeing is a weirdly buff middle schooler? Could be. This is box text. This is this is our character's assessment of the situation, and maybe they're wrong in assessing him to be a high schooler. I think if we're willing to make that concession, nothing else in the text contradicts the idea that what we're talking about here is perhaps a nine-year-old. Perhaps a nine-year-old Matt Murdock who was playing around at the gym, as he so often does with his dad, and this, is, and this is where it gets a little bit dismal, but look, it's Daredevil. This is decades of a tragic story that gets bleaker by the page. I, I am just operating in a tradition here. Well, I guess what happened is this nine-year-old unwisely jumped into the ring with an adult, a new boxer at the gym, an adult, who just beat the shit out of him in a boxing match. These other boxers we just talked to looked on. They just witnessed this, which seems about right for boxers who are willing to sell the personal information of a small child for $5. And now, at this point, nine-year-old Matt is discouraged, and he's like, you know, he's walking to the drugstore, and he's thinking, maybe it's time to hang him up. Maybe maybe I don't have it like I used to. Maybe, you know, nine years old in Hell's Kitchen, I've already beaten the odds. You know, the average life expectancy here, you know, somewhere in elementary school, most people fall off. They get sloppy. Maybe it's time to, to to hang up my boots. Do boxers hang up their boots, or do they hang up their gloves? Both, probably, I guess. You don't see a lot of people in boxing gloves and bare feet, but... Anyway, I think that's what happened. I think that a, a nine-year-old Matt Murdoch has just had a real rough day. This explains why this was such a crushing defeat for him, why he's so emotionally impressionable, and honestly, it very neatly fits the chronology that's been established in these two chapters. Which is horseshit. Uh, let me let me hasten to say this is not the way it is in the comic books, but in the alternate reality set up in this module, I think we're dealing with a nine-year-old Matt Murdoch, and we should bear that in mind moving forward. This is not the tough, defiant tortured Matt Murdock of later portrayals. This is not the man without fear. This is a boy without supervision. So we leave our heroes walking down the alley, trying to catch up to this poor nine year old who just got his little ginger ass beat down by a grown man and is now on the same day been jumped by bat wielding thugs. Join me next time as the secret zoomers who mistook this middle schooler for a high schooler, save him from thugs and then make an equally dubious assessment about what's going to buck this kid up so that he turns into daredevil one day on mdc the mega Dumbcast? this has been mdc new episodes drop every day except for sundays when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big mega sode on the top secret patrons only rss feed if you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show go to patreon.com slash mega contact me however you want I am Mega dumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at SoundCloud.com slash Astrometrics Band.